see you again. Well, to see you at least through this uh, medium once again. It was great to see all of you on Sunday who were able to come. It was such a blessing just to be able to um, interact with you again, see the smiling faces. I know Todd concur with this. It was just uh, a blessing to, um, to be there again on Sunday. And as you all know, yesterday, I believe it was, the stay-at-home order was lifted. So that's encouraging to see. Grand Home lifted that. There's still some um, things that are in place, um, but the, the stay-at-home order has been lifted. Grand Home? Did I say Grand Home? You said Grand Home. Man! <laughs> You're, stuck in the, You're stuck in the 90s. That's well, like the third yeah, time I've said 90s. that. Late 90s. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Early 2000s. That's the third time I've said that, man. There was somebody in between. Uh, anyways, the stay-at-home order has been lifted. Um, so this Sunday, we will be meeting again, just like we did this past Sunday. Um, same format. Um, the auditorium will be open. But we also have uh, the extra the TES room and the overflow room downstairs with the social distancing, um, separate entrances. So if anybody's uh, would like to come to those, we're still welcoming you to come to either, either or. So uh, we just love to have you here. Um, so yeah, with that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about um, the issues that have been going on. I don't think we can just act like there's nothing happening right now as far as the, you know, the virus situation is kind of it's still lingering even though the stay-at-home order has been lifted we've also got the incident that took place in minneapolis last week and the riots that are taking place all over the country right now we kind of just wanted to touch on those a little bit today for the next half hour and i just get kind of get a biblical perspective for uh, what's going on there so that's kind of the direction we're going to going to go into today so first of all um, anything you wanted to add, Todd, before we jump yeah, into it's just uh, man, it's just amazing what's going on in our world and our nation right now. Just the we've just come out of two or three months of quarantine, and I think as soon as there was a little hope that that was going to pass, now we're into the next crisis here in our our country, and and so I don't know, it's just shocking almost to we go from one crisis mm. to another, yeah. and. Um, uh, you know, we thought we had the one in our rearview mirror, sort of, and now we're kind of into the next one. Although it's not a new crisis, really. Right. It's it's something that has uh, obviously characterized our country for, for uh, a couple hundred years. These yeah. issues are not new issues by any means. But I think it's helpful, Joe, to talk about this. I think it's a, a topic we can't ignore. Um, I don't think we want to just stick our head in the sand as Christians and to say we don't want to address that or ignore it's a reality that there there, there are racial tensions right. in our country and um, while we here at Maranatha and even Grand Rapids in many cases are somewhat insulated from mm -hmm. those issues mm -hmm. they're still real issues yeah and so we just thought it'd be helpful to kind of address some of this um, this is a massive topic <clears throat> this has all kinds of rabbit trails that we could go down. It's complicated. It's heated. So you know, there's no way in 25 minutes we're going to solve right. all this stuff. But I think it's a helpful topic yeah. to talk about. So, yeah, let's just kind of talk about that a little bit. I mean, we know, we heard about, I'm, I'm trusting that you've all heard about the incident that kind of sparked this all was the incident with um, a man named George Floyd in Minneapolis who was arrested by the police there and... Uh, he ended up dying um, from them taking him down just the way that they 
um, handled it. He ended up dying in the hospital. So I just want to talk a little bit, Todd, about what's the heart of the issue here it, um, with these, with the police, and just with everybody in general. What's the, what's the real issue in these situations? Well, you know, if you're asking us as believers who are looking at the Word of God, you know, we we want to address it from that angle. If you look at this issue outside of that perspective, what the world's looking at and why we're seeing the response we're seeing today, it's they're viewing this as police brutality. And mm. certainly that is a part of this. And their solution is going to be try to solve the systemic problems, deal with it from a structural standpoint, a racial standpoint. Um, but, you know, I think where you're going with this is this, this is a hard issue. This is a mm. reflection of what's going on in the human heart. And um, so I think you have a couple issues to think about here. One is just the whole Romans 13 issue. I know we keep coming, we keep coming back to this issue yes. <laughs> a lot in this discussion, but Romans 13 uh, tells us that law enforcement is part of God's uh, design for health, uh, healthy and safe societies. Mm. So the military is part of that, law enforcement is part of that, government officials are part of that. So just again, to think about Romans 13, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those who exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority is opposed the ordinance of God and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Uh, for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. So verse 4 tells us that government um, is for the good of a society. It's, it's for the protection of a society. So law enforcement is part of God's plan and purpose to keep order and protect a society. It's In that sense, it's good. Mm. It's by God's design. So by and large, we need to, to express our gratitude and our thanks for law enforcement. Yes. Uh, we need to, uh, and I would add to the military to that, and, and even politicians, even though we struggle with many of those issues, we have to respect them, and we're grateful for those who serve in law enforcement and so they are a minister of god in a sense to keep an, a society ordered safe and protected i think what you're seeing obviously in the george floyd incident is there's an abuse of power mm -hmm. in that case so okay. even though god has sanctioned uh, law enforcement as part of his governmental plans for a nation's good that can be abused mm -hmm. and um people can take advantage of that and, and people will uh, abuse the power that they have. And that's what you've seen, I think, in this, this case is you've got um, uh, a law enforcement uh, individual who was enforcing what apparently was a, a breach of the law, but you have, in this case, uh, the use of extreme force mm -hmm. that resulted in the death of an individual, which is absolutely tragic. Yes. And uh, I think you and I were talking about a little bit before that anytime the wicked human heart gets involved, um, sin can occur. Mm. So even though law enforcement <clears throat> is part of God's purposes, those individuals who comprise law enforcement, um, their hearts can display the wickedness that that is in them. And so in this case, I think you have an abuse of power. You have the death of a man 
we can debate whether he what he was doing was right or wrong, whether he's breaking the law or not. But regardless, a man has died. Mm. That is tragic, and it's at the hands of uh, someone whose heart, you know, was likely not honoring the Lord, even in the profession that is ordained by God. Mm. So mm. I don't know. What are some thoughts you have on that? No, that, that that's exactly right. I'm I'm glad you pointed out that, um, you know, this is not. We shouldn't characterize this as when we see an incident like this, say all law enforcement is bad. You know, we have to be careful that, as Todd said from Romans 13, law enforcement is set by God. And what is the, um, what's the alternative? Anarchy. You know, anarchy. It's, you know, so we have to remember that God gave us this system of law enforcement. And as flawed as it is, as it is we don't want the um, alternative, which is what we're seeing right now, and that kind of leads me into the next question is... Well, before we go there, oh, sure, go ahead. let's just make it very clear, though, that we state that was a tragedy. It was a tragedy, yes, definitely. That, that death of, of George Floyd was and is a great act of injustice. Yes. It was a violation of um, that power that arrested him. It, it, it was a tragic violation, I would even say, of just the basic code mm. of here's a man made in God's image. Yes, murder. So it's murder. We, so we don't want to gloss over that. Right. You know, we got to be very clear on that, that th this was tragic uh, because here was a man who was made in God's image. Mm. Here's a man who was created by God. His life was ordained by God. Um, here is a man who bore resemblance to God and the fact that he was created in his image. Yes. He had marks of personhood. And so anytime someone is murdered and their life is snuffed out, mm. we have to grieve over that. Yeah. That this is a tragic violation, not only of justice, but this is, this is the taking of a man's life who was created by God for his glory. And uh, so we want to be very, very clear yes. on that. And, and it does raise the whole issue of the race issue. Mm. And uh, you and I were talking about this just a little bit before. Um, it's hard to know how much of that incident was motivated by race yeah. versus how much of it was motivated just by excessive force and police brutality. But obviously what we're seeing today is is the response of people who believe that this is a race issue. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, do you want to talk a little bit about the whole race issue and how, how what's a biblical response to, to those who are saying this was a racially charged incident, which it may have been. We don't want to discount the fact right. that it could have been. But how do we think about racism in a biblical way? Right. I think, you know, we... We look at the commands of God, and we look at how God created all men. In you know Genesis, He didn't He didn't create you know men to interact with with, enough, with one another in um, sinful way. And when we start um, seeing people and giving them less value or whatever based on race, right there, right off the bat, you're getting off of you're getting out of a biblical mindset. Whereas we're to treat all men, you know with love and kindness and gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit. And so when the race, um, you know, starting a division by race right there is already putting a wedge in the relationships that are supposed to be um, united in Christ. So um, it, race, racism has no part in the church, 
because um, we're to be loving one another as Christ loves one another. But when you have racism come into the church, it's because um, sin, it's, it's sin that's be- beginning to put a wedge there. And um, so I think we need to just be very, very careful of that. Yeah, I would even broaden it out from the church to just society in general. There is no such thing really as multiple races. Right. There's different ethnicities. We've come from different heritages and countries, but we're all one in Adam. Amen. We yeah. can trace we can trace our lineage back through the sons of Noah and all the way back to Adam himself. And so, you know, I, I think this is simple, but we need to make that clear that yeah. there is one race. It's mm-hmm. the human race. Yeah. So when we have people you know, responding that these are racially charged incidents, and I'm not denying the fact that they are. Really, race is a construct of a society, mm. but it's not a biblical construct, right. really. I mean, there's Jews and Gentiles, and in a sense you could say there's differences between them, but the way we treat each other is not and should not be dependent upon race. Exactly. Yeah, so um, I think it's just helpful to have that discussion that there's really only one mm-hmm. race. There's the human race. And I think it's important to point out that in different cultures, in Africa, in China, whatever, you've got different, um, you're going to have different traditions and different things that uh, we may not be able to relate with because we're from a different place. But um, those those things are fine, the difference in culture, as long as they don't... Um, they don't move over into sinful actions. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's when we need to uh, be careful with saying uh, we just need to um, you know, accept every cultural thing that takes place. Well, if it's sinful, it doesn't matter what culture it's from. That's where we need to say, no, this isn't a matter of culturally being culturally sensitive, but it's a matter of sin. You know, is this sinful or not? You know, and there's, there's examples we could talk about, like multiple marriages and stuff in different cultures. But... Um, yeah, so just to kind of get back to what Todd said, there's really only one human race with mul- with multiple cultures or what have you. Yeah, so. but again, just reiterate that this this event that we saw happen in Minneapolis um, is a tragic, tragic event, yes. and uh, we don't want to ignore the fact that race is a factor in that yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're two white guys sitting here people look at us go yeah you're like you really know what you're talking exactly about. Yeah. we don't want to be completely ignorant of the fact that racism is alive and well in our country yeah, and it has been for pretty much since the beginning i mean the civil war was fought over this issue of mm-hmm. slavery and that was a racially charged issue and then of course the riots in the 60s and so we are not new to this issue in our country right. this is been a part of our heritage and, and so we just want to as pastors in a local church we want to express our um, sadness yes our, our grief over the death of a man who whose life was taken perhaps because he had certain yeah. skin color mm-hmm. that is wrong it is and that is something that we as believers should stand up against mm-hmm. um, in terms of just being willing to acknowledge that for what it is. Yeah. That is serious. That is an egregious violation of the imago Dei, the image of God in another individual. Mm-hmm. So so we want to be very clear on that. This this is this is a very serious event in the, the, the our nation and it's indicative of what's been going on for 
decades and many, many years in yeah. our country. So uh, we lament that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure like you, you have fellow believers that you know who are what would be considered um, black or Asian or of other races, even though we don't think they are true right. biblical races. Um, and our hearts go out to them that perhaps they would be perceived a certain way just because of their looks or their skin tone or uh, their ethnicity or something that has no place in the life of the church. So our hearts grieve over that. Yeah, so with that being said then, Todd, as Christians who want to honor God and want to not sugarcoat these issues and just act like you know there, there's nothing happening there, how do we as Christians... Um, approach these issues if we want to you know stand up for them or whatever just how do we approach these issues how should we um, what are the things we should do yeah well do you want to talk just a little bit about the riots first and just okay yeah that's, that element and sure uh, I think as believers we need to recognize that we're watching Romans 1 mm-hmm. play out right in front of our eyes yeah and so, you know, if, if we ever doubt if the Word of God is, is true, I, I mean, just, just read the end of Romans 1. Maybe, can I do that? Just, sure. just listen to a few of these verses at the end of Romans 1. Just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. And just listen to that list. Mm. Filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, um, inventors of evil, um, unmerciful, unloving, arrogant, boastful, malicious. Mm. That's what we watched this weekend. Yeah. Mm. That, that's what we saw played out across America. We saw it here in Grand Rapids. Um, and so we're living in Romans 1 days. Um, and so that, that's serious. You know, uh, the virus, the coronavirus was, you know, a serious worldwide thing. But I, we're, we're seeing a far ver- worse virus. Yeah. We're seeing the virus of sin mm. take hold of our country. So why do you think um, those who were involved in the riots, why do you think they... Um, expressed the just outflowing of what's going on in this way. What what are some of your thoughts on that? I mean, why did this result in riots? <clears throat> well, obviously, the primary initial cause is they they are rioting against what is excessive force by the police, and so they're viewing police brutality. Okay. As something that they're they're ultimately revolting against, and perhaps they have a legitimate, and I, I don't want to say perhaps they do. Mm. We we all ought, ought to be legitimately concerned, concerned yeah. about those things. And so, 
I think the question though is how does that get expressed? And so what we're seeing in our society though is a bankrupt, morally bankrupt, godless society manifesting their legitimate anger and frustration at police brutality in an ungodly way. Mm. There are legitimate ways to express discontent and uh, anger and frustration. And what we're seeing with the riots across our country, those are illegitimate ways. Mm. So the death of George Floyd was, was terrible and tragic, but it doesn't justify violence in response. It doesn't justify looting. It doesn't justify rioting. It doesn't justify taking other people's property and destroying buildings and setting fires. That That is never justified. Mm. But I think that's what you're seeing. You, you have people who are angry and upset. And rather than using the means of protest peacefully or using the court system or voting accordingly, they're just taking it to the streets. And but that's what Romans one says mm-hmm. is going to happen. So, do you think? What do you think their ultimate goal in rioting when it's not? Um, they're not in the context of the police officer in Minnesota. So, what do you think their goal in rioting here in Grand Rapids is? Do you think it's to bring the media's attention on the situation, or? Well. There's a whole lot of factors that probably go into that. I, I think some are just legitimately angry, mm. and they're going to riot to demonstrate that anger. Um, there could be, I mean, this is all speculation, but right. there could be politically motivated okay. uh, desires in this. And there are some, I don't know if these are paid protesters. There's been some allegations yeah. that these are paid protesters. There could be some political subversion going on here. Mm. Um, who knows? There are so right. many factors, factors that could go in, into this. Um, but the bottom line is this is a manifestation of the wicked human heart. Mm. And um, th- this is a display of human depravity at its worst. Yes. This is what happens to a society when God is removed from the picture. Mm. Um, so it shouldn't surprise us. Yeah. It's tragic. It's horrible. I mean, seeing those images... You know, Sunday morning or afternoon when I got home from church and seeing the images of downtown Grand Rapids, yeah, that just breaks my heart. That's our city. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, none of this should surprise us. Right. When a country or a people turns their back on God, uh, this is what is going to happen. It's good. Well, with all so, that... Back to your original question. Yeah, back to the question. <laughs> I, I kind of skipped. I got a little excited there and skipped over some. But back to the original question. With all that being said, we as Christians, as individuals who um, have Christ living within us, how do we respond to this in a way that honors God? Yeah, that's good. Well, I, I do think that we need to uh, acknowledge that there are, there are racial issues in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think there's a couple extremes here. One, you can go to one extreme and just ignore it and pretend this is not a non-existent issue. Right. That's not right. Yeah. I think the other side of the extreme is you can do what we're seeing displayed in our country right now, the rioting and the looting and the yeah. violence. That, that's a wrong extreme. Yeah. So I think somewhere in between is you know an appropriate response. We as believers, we need to recognize that there's a, there are racial tensions in our country. We can't just 
pretend that doesn't occur. I do think the the extreme of the whole social justice issue. We don't have time to go into that this morning, right? Um, but that you can't I do think, that in five minutes. You can't do that in five <laughs> minutes. But I, I think even that is a response that has gone too far, yes. where we're willing to adopt neo-Marxist um, ideologies, critical race theory, mm-hmm. to try to reconcile and deal with these racial tensions. That's not the issue. Mm-hmm. That's not going to solve these issues. Critical race theory. Um, by the proponents of it want to just say it's an analytical tool to help us analyze those things. That's not simply an analytical tool. It's not merely an analytical tool. It is fraught with Marxist, ungodly, unbiblical ideologies that pervert the gospel. Yes. So I think we have to be very cautious about going too far down the road of a social justice issue. But at the same time, we need to admit that there are racial issues in our country, and we just need to recognize that. So I think that's one place we start. Is, after that. Well, is there ever a time, um, is, is there ever a place for Christians to protest in any form? Is there ever a place for that? And what would that look like? <clears throat> or not? Well, I would first say that any form of violence is unbiblical and sinful. Okay. So I think the place we can easily start is... No Christian should ever engage in any type of activity that is violent, that destroys property, that harms people, um, that engages in sinful, ungodly behavior. So clearly we can say any Christian who engages in that type of behavior is sinning. Now, what about peaceful protesting uh, you know, I think there may be a place for a believer with a heart that's not being vindictive, mm. not trying to uh, get back in some way with a sinful motivation, but a legitimate concern. We live in a country where Christians are allowed First Amendment rights. Mm. There's a freedom of speech within our country. So... Uh, there may be a place for a Christian to vocalize their opposition to something in a peaceful, respectful, appropriate manner. Now, there's some places where you can't do that in the world. Right. You can't do that in North Korea. Mm. You, you can't do that in Iran. We live in a country that you can do that. The laws, the laws allow that. So I think there might be some places for Christians to be able to do that. Uh, but you have to engage your heart and really assess your heart. Can I engage in a peaceful protest mm. without sinning? Yes. If you can do that and you're in, in your conscience you can do that, then I, I, I think maybe there's a place for that. Mm. Okay. Um, but we have to really guard our hearts against that, yeah. you know, and really remember who's sovereign, who's on the throne, who's ultimately in charge of our country. Mm-hmm. So I think those are some cautions and some caveats. I don't know, what do you think about No, that? I like what you said there, and I think it all goes back to what we said at the beginning. It goes back to the heart. What are your heart motivations behind this? And I think really the only way for a Christian, or for anybody to be able to engage in anything that resembles what Todd was just talking about is a changed heart. So the answer to uh, these issues is ultimately the gospel. Exactly. Our job as evangelicals, as Christians, as believers, is to share the gospel. Because only with a changed heart can you ever engage in anything like that with a conscience that's going to 
be guarded against sinful attitudes. So I think our primary responsibility as Christians is to be teaching the gospel in our homes to our children uh, regarding these issues, um, you know, teaching the gospel at church and everything that goes. And when I say the gospel, I don't just mean um, the gospel of salvation, which is true. That's the good news. But I mean the, the whole Bible, the whole gospel message, everything that goes along with that. Um, and then sharing the gospel with the lost world. Um, encouraging, um, exhorting people to repent and to trust in Christ in a loving and kind way. And when the heart is changed, then and actually only then will any of these things be taken care of. Exactly. Everything else is just going to be trying to put up walls around a, a sledgehammer that's eventually just going to break it down. Um, so our, our primary priority as Christians is to share the gospel in a loving way in every context and then God will change the heart, and then these issues will eventually, I mean, it will never happen in our lifetime, but we, that's what we strive for. We strive to share the gospel with all, and I think a changed heart is where these things are going to be taken care of. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, politics and in, in, um, new laws and, you know, any of that stuff is not going to solve it, which is evident from the fact that we're 250 years into our country. Yeah. And there's still racial issues here. Yeah. So no amount of identity politics or legislation no. can cure the human heart. Right. The and you said it well. The only cure for any of this stuff is the gospel That's of cool. Jesus Christ. Amen. So you know, and ironically, the churches have been on the sidelines for the last three months. Yes. Unable to meet for the most part. California, they still can't meet. Mm -hmm. What is the greatest need right now today? The gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed boldly from the pulpits of churches mm. across America. Amen. So if there's ever a need for the church to be meeting, it's today and it's now. And, and that's where we as a church have to stand and we have to be about this. And it starts in our families. It starts yes. in um, us having a commitment to this in our homes and then in our churches. Mm -hmm. Amen. And prayer. We need to be in prayer, constant prayer. You know, um, we can't ever minimize the importance of prayer in this whole whole situation so all right well i think that's it for today so um hope to see you on sunday god bless you all and we'll continue to pray for each of you if you have any any needs like i said once again let us know and we'd love to um help you out as much as we can so um have a good week god bless